The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Many times we need to keep our health in check, but don't know what questions to ask or where to begin. We walk in blindly to our health care provider and walk out none the wiser and maybe even more confused than before. Can you take charge of your health and arm yourself with the questions and preparedness you need? The answer is yes. Welcome to Occupy Health with Dr. Susan Downs. This program will answer your questions and give you the best practices for facing your medical partner in good health. Now, here's Dr. Susan Downs. This is Occupy Health with Dr. Susan. We have learned in the past from other speakers that the disease process can start long before the doctor's standard test can pick them up. So what can we do to be healthy in the meantime? What can we do to get our health going in the optimal direction? I am pleased to have a guest today, David Asprey. So let me tell you a little bit about David Asprey. He is the founder and CEO of Bulletproof, the world's first human performance and nutrition company. He's a Silicon Valley investor a technology entrepreneur, and he spent two decades and over a million dollars of his own money to hack his own biology. He's the creator of the widely popular Bulletproof Coffee and the host of one of the number one health podcasts, Bulletproof Radio, and the author of New York Times' best-selling book, The Bulletproof Diet. Dave lost 100 pounds without counting calories or without excessive exercise. He used cutting-edge techniques to upgrade his brain, and he uplifted his IQ 20 points. He lowered his biological age while learning to sleep more efficiently in less time. The Financial Times calls Dave a biohacker who takes self-quantification to the extreme of self-experimentation. His writing has been published by the New York Times, Fortune, and has been presenting at Facebook, Yahoo, Wharton, Kellogg, and Stanford, among many other places. Through his work in the world's largest annual biohacking conference, he provides information and techniques so that we can take control and improve our own biochemistry, our bodies, and our minds so they work in unison so we can perform at the best levels. He has a coffee shop, the Bulletproof Coffee Shop, that's now open in Santa Monica, and more are going to be open soon. Last year, he launched 40 Years of Zen, a $2.5 million brain training and cognitive performance facility. And his newest book, which we'll talk about later, Headstrong, with Harper Collins, will be out in April. So, with great pleasure, I have Dave Asprey here. So, welcome to the show, Dave. Uh, Susan, thanks for having me on. Okay. So, let's tell the listener a little bit about what is the bulletproof approach? What does bulletproof mean? Bulletproof is actually a state of of high performance where you have control of your own biology. The idea is that your cells in your body, your hormones, the whole system of your body doesn't really listen to you very well, but it listens keenly to the environment around you. So the fastest way that you can make yourself live longer and feel better and even be healthier is to change the environment around you so that your body will do what you want. And by doing that, 
I've lost 100 pounds, but without using effort. I've lost more than 100 pounds by going on crash diets and low fat and things like that and then always yo-yoing back to weighing more. This is about changing the core hunger signal so that you're just not hungry anymore, so you don't have cravings. So you use less energy, or I said, so you waste less energy, and so that you have more energy at the end of the day so that you make better decisions all day long. And Bulletproof is about providing fuel not from sugar to the body, and it's about doing less of the things that make you weak and more of the things that make you strong. A bunch of little changes that don't take much work or much attention can radically transform what you're capable of doing and even who you're capable of being. Well, what are some of these little changes? Well, I write a lot about what you can do to remove uh, kryptonite from your diet. And on the Bulletproof Diet, which is, is now published in 10 languages and more than half a million copies sold, uh, so it's a, it's a substantial book. Uh, there's also a free infographic people can download called the Bulletproof Diet Roadmap that sort of has these, these recommendations in it. But there's three categories of food. There's food that pretty much makes everyone feel good. This is food that's high in energy, high in nutrients, and low in toxins. Then you have these kryptonite foods that pretty much no one should be eating, things like margarine, damaged fats, uh, a lot of grains are in there, and things like processed foods, chemicals, dyes, MSG, uh, fake sweeteners, things like that. But then in the middle, you have this list of things called suspect foods. And these are foods that work really well for some people and foods that absolutely destroy your performance and will take years off your life for other people, and it's all dependent on your biology and on your genetics. A uh, prime example in the suspect foods category is something called the nightshade vegetables. And for about 80% of us, potatoes, tomatoes, eggplants are really, really good for even hot peppers. They're, they're health foods. For the other 20% of us, those suspect foods cause rheumatoid arthritis, systematic inflammation, and if you eat them regularly, you're probably going to die maybe even 10 years sooner than you otherwise should have because you have systemic inflammation and mitochondrial dysfunction. So the idea is it's a suspect food. It's guilty until proven innocent. And the Bulletproof Diet is about going through and figuring out which foods are compatible with your system. And then from here on out, you can eat those foods. And don't eat the foods that make you wake up feeling groggy and puffy with a spare tire and yelling at your family because food will do that to you. And you just don't know until you decide which foods are innocent, which foods are guilty. So how, among these suspect foods, how do you know which ones are kryptonite for you and which ones are okay? Well, when you go through the Bulletproof Diet, there's a two-week program. And what you do there is for two weeks, you eat a really simple diet with grass-fed uh, meat or wild-caught fish and a few types of vegetables that cause the least problems for most people and lots of fat from healthy sources that's undamaged. So you eliminate most suspects. And when you do that, most people, they just end up feeling amazing. They have the best two weeks of their life, and they, they just wake up feeling like, I remember when I felt like this. I want to feel like this all the time. And then at the end of the two-week period, go out and have pizza, beer, and cheesecake and see what happens. And you wake up the next morning going, oh, God, this is how I used to feel. And then you realize, okay, I'm convinced that there are some suspect foods in there. And from then on, you tend to eat more on the bulletproof food side of the diet, and you add in one at a time, these suspect foods. And then when you wake up not feeling like yourself or after the meal you have a blood sugar crash, then you know, all right, that's one of those things that I ought to steer clear of. For some people, lentils are great. For a lot of people, lentils are totally not okay. You just don't know until you test yourself. So it's a way to categorize these foods so you know what always works, you know what might work, and you know what never works, and then you can choose accordingly. 
So when there's a food that you suspect, you add one food in, how long do you wait until you can eliminate that food as a problem? Most of the time, people feel it within a, a few hours. There's even a way to, to test your, uh, your heart rate. If you eat a food that you're sensitive to, within two hours after you eat it, your heart rate will go up by 17 beats a minute or more. Uh, there's an app called Food Detective on the iPhone and on Android, a free app that will actually let you do exactly that test. Or uh, a lot of times for things like wheat and gluten, you might not feel that for a day or two. For me, I can eat wheat, and I'm usually okay the next day, and the day after that, I'm a complete like brain zombie. I forget things. I remember things. I'm a little bit cranky. So it can be up to a four-day delay, but for the vast majority of foods, you know about it by the next morning. Wow, that's very interesting that your pulse could go up, you know, up to 17 beats per minute. That's an immediate test that can give us a signal whether we're going to have problems or not. What percentage of the time does this work for people? It works most of the time, and this test has been known about for about 40 years. I was CTO of one of the wristband companies like Fitbit, and that was a test that I I learned about uh, back then almost eight years ago. And it's something that isn't as accurate as doing a blood test to see if you have food allergies, which is a three or $400 way to solve the problem. But testing your heart rate is is simple. (laughs) And if you notice your heart racing after you have a certain meal with some kind of food you don't eat every day in it, that might be a really important clue that you should pay attention to what was there and then test those things. Uh, you'd be amazed at how many people have a problem with something like uh, green peppers or uh, potatoes or a certain kind of, of lentil or even some kinds of vegetables. Kale has become really popular because it's got a lot of good stuff in it, but no one talks about the fact that kale has a lot of bad stuff in it. In fact, it has so much bad stuff that if you try to feed raw kale to a horse or a cow, they'll spit it out (laughs) because of the anti-nutrients in raw kale. So what are the bad things that kale has in it? Kale has something called oxalic acid. And when you're a plant or a vegetable, your job is not really to be food. Your job is to reproduce and make more plants. Since you can't run away, most plants develop bitter compounds, spines, poisons, or other things to make animals think twice about eating it. Kale's self-defense system is something called oxalic acid. And this is a a nasty little compound because when you eat it, it goes into the body and then it finds free calcium. And the calcium binds with the oxalic acid to make little tiny sharp crystals that circulate. They can get caught in your joints and cause joint pain. They have a very high affinity for your kidneys where you can actually get kidney stones. And I've known dozens of people who got kidney stones from eating, for drinking kale juice and eating lots of kale on a regular basis, including uh, one of the filmmakers on the documentary that I shot about environmental toxic mold. It's called Moldy, the movie. It's at moldymovie.com. But right in the middle of filming, our filmmaker who ate a, a kale salad every single day got kidney stones and she had to quit eating kale and other high oxalic acid foods. The other really bad thing about this high oxalic acid thing is that those crystals can also go into the brain. There's a group of people looking at the connection between oxalic acid and autism. But the worst condition of all that might happen from this is called vulvodynia. And this is when those little sharp crystals go into the vulva in a woman's vagina. And it means any contact, even from undergarments uh, of the vagina, becomes incredibly painful. So this is just a a terrible condition, and it's affected family members. It turns out that 
exposure to toxic mold in the environment, as well as eating oxalic acid, are both things that can trigger this. And when it happens, it is life-altering. It's terrible on relationships, and it's incredibly stressful on a woman. So who wants joint pain, uh, things like gout, uh, muscle weakness, potential brain problems? There is a way around this with kale, though. It's called cooking. <laughs> so you cook the kale, you throw away the water, and then it becomes a nutritious superfood. Bonus points if you add baking soda or calcium to the water so you can make sure that you precipitate out all of these crystals. And this is something that's happened in a lot of the kind of raw vegan superfood movement. And I say this as a former raw vegan. For, for almost a year, I, I was a raw vegan. And saw some benefits, but also saw a lot of the musculoskeletal pain that is common in, in vegans and raw vegans. I don't have any musculoskeletal pain on the Bulletproof diet because I got rid of these anti-nutrients. So if somebody has an issue with kale, uh, uh, you know, they'll get a warning from maybe a heartbeat going up, but if it doesn't, what other signs and symptoms can they have that this is a food that's bad for them? What you do is you don't eat kale and there's things like chard that are very similar, even spinach, uh, for a week or two. And then have a huge kale meal. And then watch what your body does. Your heart rate may go up. It, it doesn't always go up, but it certainly can. And then the next day, do you have neck pain? Do you have joint pain? Do you have other things? And one of the, the cool things that you'll notice when you start paying attention to the signals from the body is that when you get this sudden need to go to the bathroom to go pee, and you go and your bladder wasn't very full and your urine is a, a light color. Well, what just happened there? Well, what happened is you ingested a toxin, maybe oxalic acid, maybe something else. But the solution to pollution is dilution is kind of a, a common thing that people talk about. What your body does when it detects a toxin is it will straight up pull water out of your blood, your, your blood plasma, so it'll cause a little bit of dehydration in order to get that toxin into the kidneys and the bladder so it can dilute the, the pollutant, and then it tells you, you have to go to the bathroom right now, and you go, and you're like, but my bladder wasn't anywhere near full. That's actually a toxin elimination response different than I needed to just empty my bladder. So very different biological processes, and most people don't know there's a difference. They just think sometimes they have to pee and there's a lot. Sometimes there's not. But it's actually caused by what you put in your mouth. Interesting. Well, another thing you're known for is a bulletproof coffee. I've seen it on TV shows, on Supergirl, etc. So tell me what bulletproof coffee is. Bulletproof coffee is an amazing invention. <laughs> I was on the side of Mount Kailash, which is a, a mountain in a very remote part of Western Tibet. It's the headwaters for the Indus and Ganges rivers. I went to Tibet to learn meditation from the masters. I, I really wanted to just understand what was going on inside my brain. When you're at 18,000 feet, you're supposed to feel like you're dying, kind of because you are. And so you just don't feel good. You have headaches. Uh, you just you feel awful, but you're seeing things that are really unusual. I was sort of stumbling on this 26-mile uh, tour. There were maybe 10 tourists on, on this part of the mountain. It was 10 degrees below zero, and it was really after you're supposed to be there. And I walked into this little mud hut, and a Tibetan woman who's about half my height, I'm 6'4", I'm and she was a little taller than half, but it was just striking how short the average Tibetan is compared to a really tall person like me. And she gave me a little bowl of yak butter tea, which sounds disgusting, and it isn't really that delicious. But what they do every morning in Tibet is they 
take a butter churn and they pour hot tea, put in a little bit of yak butter, and then they churn it up, almost like a blender, and then they drink it. And the wealthy Tibetans actually have a blender hooked up to a car battery, which is like a big luxury, but they blend their tea every morning. They never just mix it. They always blend it or churn it. And then I drank this bowl of tea, and suddenly, within five minutes, I just felt really good, like better than I'd felt in a long time. And I was so struck by that, that when I came back to Silicon Valley, I said, I'm going to try and replicate this. You can't buy yak butter. So I tested 25 different kinds of butter from the store and realized that yak butter wasn't there, but grass-fed butter made a substantial difference. So I tried tea. I tried about 25 different kinds of, of tea from different parts of China. And tea blended with butter had some certain effects. But when I used coffee, it worked sometimes, but not other times, because coffee is well known for having mold in it, especially American coffee. Eventually, I realized that I'd given up coffee for five years because I thought I was allergic to coffee. I wasn't. I was allergic to mold in coffee, which occurs in different amounts in different types of coffee. And eventually, I created Bulletproof Coffee Beans, which are lab-tested, and they are free of 27 different kinds of toxins that are commonly found in coffee. Um, This is the purest coffee in the world, and in order to get it that way, we actually installed new infrastructure in Guatemala and in Colombia so that we could make coffee without these toxin-forming steps. One of the, the shocking and offensive things is that most governments in the world recognize the problem of toxins in coffee from mold, and they put in regulations to protect their population. The U.S. has no regulations. So when coffee is rejected from China, Japan, Europe, and Venezuela, and a bunch of other countries, it gets sent to the U.S., and we drink it. Then those toxins affect our kidneys. They actually lower mitochondrial function, which is how our cells make energy. And then two hours later, you get jittery, cranky, you get sugar cravings, and then you want more coffee. So you're kind of on this roller coaster all day. Bulletproof Coffee uses mold-free coffee beans blended with grass-fed butter and a type of oil that comes from coconut oil, but is not coconut oil. It's called brain octane oil. Brain octane oil raises fat-burning molecules called ketones four times higher than coconut oil. It's basically like what happens if you fast for several days or you go on the Atkins diet, a very low-carb diet. After a few days, your body starts making ketones, which makes your brain light up and you feel really good from it and you stop being hungry. When you make bulletproof coffee, brain octane oil plus grass-fed butter plus mold-free coffee beans You blend that in the morning, and all of a sudden, you just don't care about hunger. You don't care about food. Your very favorite food can be put in front of you, and you don't even have a desire to eat it. Like You finally have enough energy. Your brain works like ridiculously well, and people lose weight without thinking about it because they're just not hungry. And we understand even the mechanics of hunger. I don't know if you think that people listening would be interested in just understanding the hunger hormones and how those work. You mean leptin and ghrelin? Well, ghrelin and CCK are the two I was going to talk about because I've got oh. studies on those. Sure. Well, ghrelin is the one that makes you feel hungry. And if you can reset that so you don't feel hungry as readily, then apparently uh, you can lose weight without it being an effort. That's exactly right. And the the problem that, that we have with ghrelin, and as a former fat person, this really makes me mad. I used to feel guilty because I would you know, say I weigh 300 pounds, I'd go on a diet and say I would go low fat or low calorie or or both. And I'd over-exercise and you lose 25 pounds, right? And then 
you're hungry all the time and you do your best. You fight back and you try to eat rice cakes or whatever else. And eventually you gain back the 25 pounds plus an extra 10 for your trouble. And you do it over and over. And this is the path of like every fat person uh, where you, just, you feel like a failure because, well, if only I tried harder. It turns out trying had nothing to do with it. Trying requires energy. And when you're fat, you're not making energy well. When we know now, when you are fat, you have the hunger levels, which are set by ghrelin, this hormone, and you will have the, the hunger levels of, let's say, a 300-pound person, of a fat person. If you cut calories or if you cut fat to lose weight, your ghrelin levels, the hunger levels, will stay the same. And then you'll have 300-pound appetite when you weigh 275 pounds. And you will eventually get into that appetite because you're a human being. Willpower is not the issue here. It's core biology. Well, there is a way to reset ghrelin so that your ghrelin matches your current body weight. And the way you do that is you increase ketones in the blood to 0.38, which is a very low amount of ketone. It's just more than you're going to get if you eat a standard American diet. Funny enough, you put brain octane in your bulletproof coffee and you drink a cup of bulletproof coffee, you will most likely be at 0.5 or higher on your ketone levels. In other words, one cup of bulletproof coffee can raise your ketone to the ghrelin reset level and uh, not everyone gets to 0.5. It depends on your responsiveness, depends on the amount of brain octane you use. But brain octane is an exogenous source of ketone that can reset this ghrelin level, at least in studies it does that. So is the key to resetting your hunger signal, which we refer to as ghrelin, uh, keeping the ketones high? How do we do that? You don't even have to keep ketones high. You just have to hit the level of 0.5. People who go on a low-carb diet with less than 15 grams of carbohydrate every day and, and eating lots of fat and not too much protein, not too much vegetable, uh, things like an, an Atkins diet, uh, it takes usually four days and sometimes a week of eating like that. Very, very careful to avoid any trace of sugar. Uh, most people can't do it for very long because it just requires complexity. You make a mistake. You're out of ketosis for 24 hours. But that's the traditional way of going into ketosis. The Bulletproof Diet recommends those cyclical ketogenic diets. So you're in ketosis sometimes, but not all the time. You, you go in and out on a cyclical basis. But the rest of the time, brain octane oil puts ketones in the body without having to go on a special diet. I don't think anyone should be eating lots of sugar, and you should be cutting grains out of your diet if you want to live a long time. Uh, however, if you do eat a low-carbohydrate diet, like say 100 grams of, of carbohydrate today, which is a pretty good amount, you can still have ketone levels just by having bulletproof coffee in the morning, just by pouring brain octane on your food. And that's what I do. That's what I even do for my kids who are seven and nine. Uh, my wife, Dr. Lon, is a fertility physician. Same thing. We put brain octane on our meals three times a day because it turns off cravings because it keeps ghrelin set to your current body weight. There's so the so the key to keeping this, in this ketosis, which is going to reset our hunger um, signal, is ketosis most of the time, which means avoiding uh, sugars and concentrated carbohydrates, and you know, brain octane oil, a bulletproof coffee, etc., throughout the day, which will get us in and out of ketosis, which will be enough. Exactly, and and. Brain octane is an exogenous form of ketones. So these are ketones that come from outside the body. When you go into nutritional ketosis, which is also part of the bulletproof diet, that's when you eat so few carbohydrates that the body says, oh, man, I guess I should learn how to burn fat for energy, which means it'll be easy for me to burn fat that's stored in the body for energy. So your, your 
cell metabolism switches over to be biologically flexible so that you can become a fat burner or a sugar burner. And the most long-lived, most metabolically flexible, resilient people are going to be able to effectively use both kinds of fuel. But fat is a better fuel than sugar for the body because fat contains a lot more energy than sugar does. And it also tends to be more well, you're talking about fat. So some fats can be damaging to the cell membrane, etc. So what kind of fats do you recommend? Obviously, hydrogenated oils, oils that you refry in are going to hurt the cell membrane, highly processed oils such as corn oil, which is GMO-laden, etc. So what kind of oils do you recommend in this relatively high-fat process? You, uh, you definitely named the really bad oils. So any of the seed oils are off the list, and they're damaged during manufacture. They're damaged by light, damaged by air. And, and pretty much most of the polyunsaturated fats uh, are just not good for humans. We could not get very many of those. Yes, you can eat a handful or two of raw nuts, like raw walnuts uh, or raw any kind of nut besides peanuts. Uh, that's not going to harm you, but most people on a Western diet have 20 to 40 times more of these omega-6 oils versus omega-3 oils. So what I want people to do on the Bulletproof Diet is to eat more saturated fat. For the simple fact that saturated fats are hard to damage. Because they're saturated, they don't oxidize. So they form stable cell membranes. And the best, most performing cell membranes have a good amount of saturated fat in them that provides a stable, non-oxidizable substrate, along with a moderate amount of omega-3 and omega-6, undamaged omega-6s, which are going to come from these raw nuts or from uh, avocados or even from olive oil that's unheated. You want, you want uh, intact, chemically intact fats. And then you have really well-functioning, stable cell membranes. If instead you eat a lot of corn oil and soybean oil and especially commercial fried foods and things like that, you are going to have a really bad experience uh, because over time your cell membranes get, uh, get built out of those kinds of fats. And those fats make free radicals all the time and your cell membranes just won't function well and then you won't be able to make proteins well, you won't respond to insulin well, and pretty soon you're on the path to... Uh, uh, to not to ending up in the hospital. So what do I eat every day? I eat grass-fed butter. It's it's a very affordable form of stable saturated fat that has vitamins and cofactors in it. I eat good quality organic olive oil, uh, and I never heat it. I also store it in the dark. I eat uh, lots of grass-fed uh, meats, especially the fat from it. I eat. Uh, sockeye salmon is a, a big thing, lots of avocados, some coconut oil, and uh, some raw nuts. Those form the, the main fats. And Basically, I believe that broccoli evolved so that it could absorb butter even better. A typical now, meal. we are coming to a break now, so we will continue with this uh, luscious menu when we get back. More to come. Your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Are you a pet parent? Are you interested in a better understanding of the care and health of your best friend? Listen every week for Pet Panorama with Dr. Julie Mayer. Just as in your own personal health care, you can also take charge of the health care of your pet by exploring natural approaches to keep them healthy in addition to more conventional veterinary care. Don't you want them having the best life possible? 
Listen Fridays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Do you feel that you aren't at your best when it comes to your personal health? Even if your doctor gives you a clean bill of health and says everything is in working order, perhaps you aren't feeling at the top of your game. Dr. Rebecca Risk overcame pain and fatigue despite all tests to the contrary. Learn how she put her health back on track and how you can too on Falling Through the Cracks. Live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Occupy Health with Dr. Susan Downs. We'd love to hear from you about today's show. Send your email to drsusan at occupyhealth.com. That's drsusan at occupyhealth.com. Now, back to this week's program. We're back with Dave Asprey, who's telling us about his bulletproof coffee. One of the things I think I heard you say that a lot of American coffee has toxins in it. And I also understand from listening to you in the past that Japan, when it doesn't know what to do with its uh, coffee with lots of toxins, it sends it over to the United States. Is that true? It is true. I have actually on, on camera, I had a chance to interview the former president of the Specialty Coffee Association uh, when I was in Guatemala on the Bulletproof Plantation. And he was in the room with the Japanese trade minister and the Ethiopian trade minister when Japan rejected a 1,000 containers of coffee because it was too moldy to meet Japanese regulations. And I said, so what did you guys do with the coffee? And he said, oh, we sent it to America because it's legal to sell it there. And this is a regulatory problem. And I made Bulletproof Coffee Beans because most coffee in the United States gives me a headache and makes me cranky and jittery and gives me, uh, like, indigestion, and I don't feel good. So I quit drinking coffee because I became afraid of it. There are lots of people who get a 2 o'clock afternoon energy dip because they ate neurotoxins and mitotoxins in their morning coffee, and they don't know it because it doesn't hit them for four to six hours later. When you drink clean coffee in the morning, you want less coffee, you have less cravings, and you feel better. And it's it's very similar price. You know, Bulletproof coffee beans are $2 a pound more than regular ones, which covers the cost of lab testing and special production of the coffee, but you're getting the cleanest coffee on the planet. This concerns me because Dr. Campbell was telling us that the Canadians won't take some of our cheeses and the Europeans won't take some of our meats and a lot of people don't want our genetically modified produce. What's going on here? Well, I hate to say this, but the U.S. has some of the worst food quality standards on the planet. And what, what's happened over the course of time is that we've optimized for only two things in in so-called big food or big agriculture. And the reason that I started Bulletproof is to disrupt that that way of thinking. And all that those companies care about is, is it cheap and does it taste good? So that's why we have MSG and NutraSweet, all these weird chemical flavorings and colors to make it appealing. And then you just fill it with cheap, genetically modified glyphosate-sprayed corn and fluff it up a little bit so it has a different texture, and there you go. Now you've got a a world-leading product. The problem is it makes people feel like crap, and then you get slogans like, you can't eat just one because they know it causes a blood sugar spike and then hypoglycemia, so then you'll have to have another one. And it's, it's mean, and it's not okay, and it certainly affected me when I was a fat person. The bulletproof way of thinking about food, and we make protein bars, we make bulletproof coffee, we make the oils, we have a collagen protein, a line of supplements, and it's like, look, 
what is the food going to do for you? How is it going to make you feel? That is the most important thing about the food. The second thing is how does it taste? The third thing is how convenient is it? And the fourth thing is how much does it cost? So you might pay a dollar more for a Bulletproof meal, but it's going to keep you full for a long time and it's going to make you feel amazing. You might pay a dollar less for a processed meal made by big food, but an hour later, you're going to be tired and cranky and you're going to go spend more money on a snack that's going to do the same thing for you. When you eat properly, you shouldn't care about food for four hours or more. If If you're hungry after two hours, you ate wrong at your last meal. I also understand some of these toxins in coffee, okra toxin, that it can lead to cancer, high blood pressure, mitochondrial dysfunction. Is that true? I have 35 studies on the Bulletproof website about the presence of just one of the 27 toxins we test for in the coffee. So okra toxin A is the most dangerous one. And a lot of coffee companies say, oh, there's no mold in our coffee because we use the washed process which is a better process than the old way we used to make coffee, but it is not a mold-free process by a long shot. When you wash coffee, you basically take coffee that was picked by, uh, by people, thrown in a truck, it sits in a truck for a while, you put it in a, a big, it looks like a, a, a hot tub, but an unlined cement hot tub, you fill it with unfiltered river water, it sits there for a couple days until the fruit starts to spoil, then you hose off the fruit, then you dry the coffee in the sun, then you roast it. We don't do that. We have a continuous flow, zero fermentation process uh, that's part of the bulletproof process that ends up with, uh, with lab testing for these 27 different toxins. We are the so roasting company. does not eliminate this entirely? Now, there are about five or six studies that show that ochratoxin A shows up in your brewed cup of coffee. Uh, ochratoxin A is very heat-stable, so roasting kills the mold, but ochratoxin A is is the, the poison made by the mold. Kind of like penicillin is, is a fuzzy blue-green mold, but, but penicillium is the mold, and penicillin is the drug that the mold makes. So what we're dealing with here is a small molecular weight poison that's made by uh, a basically type of mold, and it's made to keep other bacteria from eating its food source. It also, unfortunately, like I said, it's linked to kidney cancer and bladder cancer in humans, but more importantly, it has wide-ranging metabolic effects. It's, it's a genotoxin, it's a nephrotoxin, and most fundamentally, it's a mitochondrial toxin. Since mitochondria make up 10% of your body weight, they're basically the battery in your body that fuels everything you do. They're the whole subject of Headstrong, my new book, which is how do you get more energy out of the mitochondria? Because the mitochondria are most present in your brain, in your eyes, and in your heart. So if you get your mitochondria energy up, you can think faster, you can feel better with your heart, and you can actually just be more aware of everything. It, it turns out that system of the mitochondria is is hackable. It's something that you can upgrade. And the first thing you do is you stop poisoning the mitochondria. And these mold toxins are one of the things that are a a systemic toxin for us. Unfortunately, as human beings, uh, we share the same detox systems that pigs do. Pigs and humans use our kidneys to detoxify this type of poison. Most animals like rats and cows and things, they use their liver, which is a much stronger detoxifying organ. So for us, if we get ochratoxin A in our food, and you get it from eating grains, like it, it's not like you're ever going to have no ochratoxin A, you just want to minimize it. And it takes us 35 plus days to eliminate the toxin from our body, but these other animals can get rid of it in a few days because they have more efficient systems. That's why rats can eat trash and they don't get sick, and that's why if we eat trash, we get sick pretty quickly. 
So um, the Bulletproof Coffee, what if you're a slow metabolizer and uh, coffee just doesn't agree with you? Most people who are slow caffeine metabolizers, if they have one cup of Bulletproof Coffee in the morning, they feel fine. And the reason for that is that when you put fat in the coffee, you are changing the pharmacokinetics of how the caffeine is absorbed so it slows down the spike and it becomes more sustained. And a lot of people who are, are, quote, coffee intolerant, but they feel fine when they have tea or chocolate, they're actually mold sensitive and they don't know it. I've lost track of like hundreds and hundreds of people who are like me, but these are ones who've emailed and said, you know, I quit drinking coffee for a long time because it always made me feel jittery and cranky and I thought I was just intolerant or I was allergic, but I can drink bulletproof coffee and I feel just fine. And the reason for that is that the beans are pure, and they were sensitive to the kryptonite that was in the toxins. Uh, in your movie, Moldy, you were discussing that mold has very adverse health effects? It, it is shocking. I, one of the reasons I weighed 300 pounds is that I grew up in a basement that had stachybotrys, uh, the toxic mold, inside the paneling. I had all the symptoms of mold exposure, including behavioral problems, uh, rashes, um, eczema, asthma. I used to have 10 nosebleeds a day. I was always puffy. I didn't sleep very well. I had lots of nightmares, uh, joint pain. I had arthritis when I was 14. These symptoms are consistent with living in an environmentally moldy building. The experts in moldy, which include some really big names, Mark Hyman, uh, Daniel Amen, these are physicians who are, are very well known. Uh, Daniel Amen is uh, America's uh, most popular uh, psychologist and one of the pioneers of brain imaging. Mark Hyman is the director of functional medicine at the Cleveland Clinic, and I've become friends with these guys. But I interviewed them because they're saying this is a smoking gun in a huge amount of chronic degenerative illness, including things like Alzheimer's, things like cancer, uh, things uh, like uh, uh, even more, more direct things like bacterial infections, chronic sinusitis. And people don't know it. They move into a house or there's a hurricane or something, they get a roof leak, and over the next few months, everything gets hard in their life. And what's happening is they're poisoning the mitochondria in their body so they can't make enough energy, and they get systemic inflammation. And they start yelling at their friends, and they get cranky, and they wake up after 12 hours of sleep, and they don't feel good. This all happened to me, and this is the number one thing affecting quality of life that people just don't know about. And that's why, out of my own pocket, I funded a documentary about this, uh, because it's, it's just such a huge thing. I also talked about this at the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine when I gave a keynote there this year, uh, because a lot of physicians that are dealing with, with patients, they just don't know why someone doesn't get well. Case in yes. point, uh, when I was really sick, in fact, Susan, you and I knew each other back then, uh, I, we met through a nonprofit anti-aging group, and I went to a guy, he said, Dave, everyone I treat gets better, but you're not getting better. I want to do an AIDS test. I don't have AIDS. I didn't test positive for it. But he's like, I'm just beating my head against the wall. I just don't know why you, you stay sick. And finally, he ordered a, uh, an allergy test for mold. And it turns out I was allergic to eight of the top 10 species of toxic mold. I had it growing in my house. And when I got rid of the mold, 
suddenly I could get control of my biology again. So our bodies are listening with a very careful ear to everything around us. And if you're living in a place that has problems with a musty smell, some, just a little bit of visible mold, it may be completely messing with one person in your house and the other person next to them doesn't feel it, even though they've just increased their risk of cancer. It's very individualized, but this is a, a major health threat. It's affecting government buildings. It's very common in schools and it's common in people's houses because, you know, there's condensation because there's a leak under the sink and one kid gets asthma. The other one doesn't. One, one partner has really bad PMS or just really bad bouts of anger or gains a lot of weight for no reason. This can all come from mold in your environment. Wow. Well, I want to make sure we've got time for your new book, uh, you know, Brain Hacking or Headstrong. So tell me, what is Headstrong? Headstrong is a new book published April 4th with HarperCollins, and people can check it out. If you go to orderheadstrong.com, uh, I'll give you a bunch of free bonuses, like you can get the first chapter of the book right away. That's orderheadstrong.com. And Headstrong is a book that contains a bunch of new research about mitochondria. This is research just from the last five years where we realized that the energy plants in our body, uh, it's actually a, a semiconductor that uses some of the same principles that we're using in our computers right now. We just never knew it because it happened so quickly. Our mitochondria use light from the environment around us, and our mitochondria are very sensitive to blue light. Our mitochondria are sensitive to the types of foods that we put into the body. They're sensitive to our stress level. And when you can make the mitochondria work better, then they make more electrons. Literally, you have more electricity in your brain so that you can make better decisions. Uh, I fundamentally believe after spending uh, uh, you know, a million dollars hacking my own biology, after having set up the 40 Years of Zen neurofeedback facility and looked inside my brain at, at what's going on, we are wired as humans to be kind and to be nice to each other. And one of the things that gets in the way is that our nervous system, which is driven by our mitochondria, it has these three behaviors. And one of the behaviors is eat everything <laughs> to make sure that the species doesn't starve to death. The next behavior is run away from or kill anything that might be a threat. And this is a big fight or flight thing. And the third behavior that we all have is, is make sure you mate, you know, reproduce the species. It, it's those three behaviors that cause every single thing we've ever been ashamed by. Every behavior we don't like comes from eat everything, kill or run away from everything, and have sex with everything else. And what if uh, we just had more energy for our human brain, the part of us that's aware of our behavior, to modulate those behaviors? When you turn up the amount of energy in the brain, you will be better enabled to, to make good decisions. So when you get the impulse to flip off the person in traffic in front of you, you actually feel good enough to say, you know, I'm going to choose not to do that today. Or you want to yell at your kids, you're not going to yell at them today. So Headstrong is the hands-on guide to how do you get more energy in your brain? How do you stop wasting energy in your brain? Because at the end of the day, willpower itself, resilience comes from energy. It doesn't come from wanting. It doesn't come from willpower. It doesn't come from trying. It doesn't come from effort. All of those things actually consume energy. So when you just step back, take a deep breath, add more energy into your brain using techniques that are shown to work, using things that we only discovered in the last five years, you can take your performance 
at whatever you do, whether it's parenting, whether it's, it's business, whether it's pro sports, it doesn't matter. You can take your performance to a whole new level, and it doesn't come from effort. It comes from ease. It's actually supposed to feel good. It's supposed to be easy. Like our, our rightful natural state is happiness and joy, and what gets in the way of it is, is basically a lack of energy. So I teach you how to get energy, not from amping things up, not even from caffeine, but just by making the systems that were always there work better. And what are some of the tips that the listener can use to make his brain work better? Well, when you go to orderheadstrong.com and pre-order the book, I'll send you the quick start guide that has all of that stuff in it. Uh, But in the meantime, if you're just listening now, you don't have to buy anything. One of the things that matters most for your mitochondria is something called polyphenols. And polyphenols are these plant-based antioxidants that are also affected by light. And... That's what makes blueberries purple. It's what makes coffee black. And it's what makes basically any dark or brightly colored vegetable have its color. When you get two grams of polyphenols a day from your food, that is a really good number. And that's a number that allows your mitochondria to perform better. And there are dozens of studies about how eating more polyphenols helps your mitochondria. Here's the kicker. The number one source of polyphenols in our diets today is drumroll, it's coffee, (laughs) which is really cool. There's just one problem. If you put milk into coffee or tea, which is another common source, the milk sticks to the antioxidants in the coffee and your body can't use them. On the flip side, if you do it bulletproof coffee style and you blend butter instead of milk, butter is free of the protein that causes the problem, your body not only can use the polyphenols in the coffee, your body, because they're in fat, can absorb them better than they otherwise could. So bulletproof coffee, it turns out, I didn't know this when I created it, but one of the mechanisms of action is that it lets you absorb polyphenols and it keeps, uh, it makes them fat soluble so you absorb them even better than you would. Uh, if you instead make a latte, you're simply taking away the goodness of the coffee. Wow. The- it's pretty remarkable, and, and this is a good argument to not drink a glass of milk with a meal. If you're going to do milk, I recommend you do raw milk from grass-fed cattle, but drink that uh, before or while after a meal, especially if your meal is going to have brightly colored vegetables or, or things like pistachios, which are a kind of nut that has very high polyphenols. So when you, when you switch over and you do what I do now, I drink three cups of Bulletproof decaf coffee, and by the way, decaf coffee is twice as moldy as regular coffee, even when there are standards, so you've got to watch out for decaf. We, we decaffeinate the good beans. I do three cups of that now after doing this research. I make sure I eat some blueberries. I take polyphenol supplements, and the Bulletproof diet itself and the recommendations in Headstrong are, look, a meal is a plate covered in vegetables with a moderate amount of high-quality protein and a ton of fat to help you absorb what's in the vegetables. So it's a plant-centric diet, but a pure plant-based diet that we only eat plants doesn't work very well. People don't get enough of the right kinds of saturated fat, and they're usually not getting all of the micronutrients that come from eating grass-fed healthy animals that were supporting our soil agriculture. So one of the big things there is more brightly colored vegetables, more coffee, more tea, more chocolate. And unfortunately, wine isn't a great source of polyphenols, and wine comes with a high mold toxin burden, and alcohol is not good for your mitochondria. So in Headstrong, I tell you what to do if you're going to drink alcohol in order to minimize uh, the damage that it does to you. Um, I understand that people who have gluten sensitivity, that there's a crossover with sensitivity to coffee. That is not something that I believe. 
There's only <laughs> one company that ever found a crossover sensitivity between coffee and between grains. I called the company, and what the company used as its uh, as its testing thing was instant coffee purchased from the grocery store. Oh. I think we're thinking instant, of the same company. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, we know which company it is. Instant yes. Coffee, and that's a good company, by the way. But um, Instant Coffee is much higher in mold toxins even than decaf coffee or regular coffee uh, because of the way it's manufactured. They take the worst quality beans, the moldiest beans, and then they concentrate them into that because Instant Coffee isn't going to taste good anyway. No one would ever take the kind of coffee that I used to make, Bulletproof Coffee Beans, and then make Instant out of it. So you get a natural source of mold in the coffee. What's even worse, though, is that there are at least two different studies, and maybe four, I'm just plumbing my, my memory there, that show a crossover sensitivity between grain sensitivity and mold allergies. So this happened to me. If you live in a building with toxic mold, your odds of becoming allergic to grain, especially gluten, go up dramatically. So I would simply say, well, I would want to see a clean source of coffee tested against this uh, alleged uh, gluten intolerance because I think it's kind of mean to tell people who are gluten sensitive that they can't drink coffee, which is a well-documented superfood, when the only test that was ever done was with instant coffee that may have been contaminated with gluten and almost certainly was contaminated with molds that cross-react with a gluten protein. So I don't, I don't buy that one. Oh, very interesting. Uh, and what about other diets, uh, paleo diet, et cetera, that's got too much meat and not enough of the right vegetables or not enough of the right fats? Yeah, I, I, I mean, the paleo diet and other similar diets like that were kind of all in the same quadrant. And Bulletproof didn't come from ancestral recommendations. It came from research on fertility and biochemistry. And I, I fundamentally believe that cavemen didn't have mass spectrometers, microscopes, and epidemiology and big data. So I, <laughs> I'm not a caveman. But what happens on paleo quite often is people eat way too much protein and they don't, they're not rigorous enough about the quality of the protein. If you're like, oh, well, I'm paleo, so I, you know, I kind of went to Kentucky Fried Chicken, you know, I peeled off the outer layer. But, but if you're not getting high-quality animal protein, it doesn't work. And quite often you just get too much protein. Protein is a terrible energy source. It's a great source of building blocks, but you don't need as much protein as, as a typical paleo diet might recommend. You actually need more vegetables and more fat. The other thing that happens on paleo is quite often uh, people go for these uh, uh, very highly cooked and highly processed meals, even though it came from vegetables. So you see blackened steaks and you know, very well-cooked things that taste amazing. Unfortunately, and, and I write about this in Headstrong, and i got to say orderheadstrong.com, you, you'll get the, the preview of this, uh, where if you cook meat a lot, you get things like uh, PAH and PCAs. These are very toxic compounds that harm mitochondria and trigger cancer and trigger inflammation. So you have this, you know, paleo ribs, Unfortunately, that paleo rib meal was inflammatory, but if you had cooked Bulletproof style, and there is Bulletproof the cookbook out there, um, I would have actually uh, taught you how to cook that meat so that it wouldn't have these anti-nutrients that came about as, uh, as a part of the cooking process. So it turns out the amount of meat matters, the source of the meat matters, and how you cook the meat matters. And this is also why, by the way, everyone who says things like, oh, the China study or whatever else, it's a bunch of BS. The reason for that is that unless you control for what did the animal eat, uh, how was the meat stored, how was the meat prepared, 
it doesn't matter. It's, it's like saying air is good for you. Well, is it good for you or bad for you? I don't know. Is it polluted? Yes or no? They're not answering that for meat. And that's why anyone who tells you that protein is good or bad for you or meat is good or bad for you is probably oversimplifying the problem. So how do you cook meat? Turns out you not too high a temperature, gently. I assume. You, you don't want to blacken it. The max temperature you want is about 320. So the more caramelized and the more blackened, the more inflammatory anti-nutrients your body has to deal with. So the worst thing you can do is throw it on a 1,000-degree grill and blacken the outside. You just don't want to do that. You don't want to deep fry it. So cooked gently or cooked with a little bit of water presence can make a huge difference. Unfortunately, blackening, charring, and grilling are the, the, the things that make the most type of toxins. So brain fog, uh, what is brain fog connected to? I'm sure that is connected to your headstrong approach. Brain fog comes from a couple things. One is a lack of blood flow to the brain. Another is a lack of energy to the brain. And energy can come from sugar. So you have a hypoglycemia, you'll get brain fog. But if you have ketones present, you won't get brain fog. And this is one of the reasons that brain octane makes a huge difference because it gives you a ketone layer of energy molecules in addition to blood glucose. And that's why I like adding it to every meal. So I just I never feel brain fog. The other thing that can cause brain fog is mitochondrial dysfunction. If you expose yourself to something in the environment, say toxic mold or uh, some of the organic chemicals that could come from fresh paints, organic solvents, or if you eat something that is a mitochondrial toxin, you should expect to feel brain fog because mitochondria make the energy inside the neurons that cause the synapses to fire. So How long does it take between the time you eat it and the time you have brain fog? People can get brain fog literally within a minute or two of eating all the way up to four hours later. And it really depends on which of those mechanisms they're dealing with and which toxins and how susceptible they are. Okay. Um, we're coming to the end of this interview. It's fascinating information, Dave. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your wisdom. Uh, is there any final point you'd like to make? And please mention your website so they can find out more about what you're doing. Uh, sure. The, the most important point here is that you have control over how much energy you have. When you have an energy crash, it's actually your fault. That's okay. You don't know what you did, but it's something that is within your control. And I'll teach you everything I know about how to fix that because it was such a problem in my life. Uh, the places you can go to learn more, uh, number one, go to orderheadstrong.com right now. And I'll give you some free bonuses, including a chance to win a free coaching session with me over Skype, which is something that I normally only do for like Fortune 500 CEO types. It's, it's very rare for me to do that, uh, as well as uh, I'll give people a $25 uh, gift certificate to the Bulletproof website to try products, which basically pays for the book. So it's a very good deal at orderheadstrong.com. You can also go to Bulletproof Radio on iTunes, and if you head on over to bulletproof.com, there's more than half a million words written about how you can perform better and just be the person you want to be, and I'd love it if you join me. Well, thank you, David. I'm so glad you came on the show. So, in closing, I want to encourage all of our listeners to go out and do your own research and become informed so you can take care of yourself or others. If you wish to contact me, you can contact me at drsusan at occupyhealth.com, and there's more information that's on my website. Thank you, David, and be well, everybody. Thank you for listening. Occupy Health with Dr. Susan Downs can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Here's to better health for you this week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.